1: And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yawa Temple, East Dagon.
0: I started this morning by speaking on Christ has redeemed us. And um, my foundational text was from Galatians chapter 3, from the verse number 10 to the end of the whole of chapter 3. And um, I'm going to read that. But before I read that, I just want to make a simple recap to let you know that Easter is a very important thing for you and I. It is something significant that we need to be able to cherish and to value because the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ is what actually identifies or establishes our conviction as children of God, as believers. It is the only thing that you can really point out to because the grave or the tomb of our Lord is empty. And up to today, we can testify all religions have not been able to diffuse or to deny or to doubt that something of that nature took place, though they can argue in certain lines and terms. Some have it to say that he did not die, though he was arrested, but in the midst of going to crucify him, God, by his divine grace, pulled him away and took him bodily to heaven and replaced his face with another person, uh, who is Judas Carrot, who betrayed him, so Judas is the one that was actually crucified. So, that also brings us to the part that they don't deny the fact that somebody was crucified. Are you understanding me? Other religions have also not denied that there was a man called Jesus that walks on this earth. He can be a master guru to somebody. He can be the greatest of all prophets to another religion. He can be the son to some people. He can be the Messiah. With all the contradiction and the challenges, the fact still remains that Jesus was born by a virgin. And that and also not be disputed by any religion. They know it was not orchestration of man, but it was by divine work. So you and I are privileged to be at a place where we can be able to defend in simple terms what we believe in, in simplicity, what we can explain. And this morning what I did was to be able to explain to you because you need to be able to defend your faith. And be able to stand to, experience, to show people what you believe in. If somebody should ask you, why do you even celebrate Easter? You should be able to defend it. But I believe that every one of us, everything significant that happens in your life, you need to be able to celebrate it every day. That is why we have birthdays, We have wedding anniversaries, We have, um, maybe you build a house or you had something. You always remember that day when that date comes. Amen. If it's a good thing, you remember. Sometimes if it's bad also, you will also remember. But Easter is something good for you and I to remember because something significant took place. Amen. Amen. From the Galatians chapter 3 from verse 10, I read, it said, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. This morning, like I said, I was speaking on Christ as redeemers from the curse of the law. And let me give you... The definition again that I gave to redemption, redemption, or redeem, I said that redeem can be defined from the West tradition. I wanted to use that. I don't want to go to Greek and Hebrew. Amen. You are not Bible scholars. <laughs> we are just children of God in church. The work to redeem means to make something that is bad, unpleasant, etc making it better or more acceptable. So whenever you say Christ redeemed you and I, it means that Christ found us in a state of a worse off. In a state that is bad, that is not better at all. But he took us from that state and made us better. And I gave a scenario of a car that assuming you are driving a car of whatever model, but at a certain point, the car became very bad. In fact, it's smoking. The rims have problems. It can stop more than 20 times in traffic. Overheating. You pour in water. In fact, it is a nuisance to your life. You can, well, you don't expect him to disgrace you. That is where it will disgrace you. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? After you have chatted with your friends and everybody is laughing and they are sitting there, can you sit in this car will not go? You, you jump starter, you, you push in, you do whatever this car will not leave. In fact, sometimes you leave the car and go home. This car is a nuisance. Then, somebody called you and says, I am coming to tow that car of yours because I have realized that car is becoming a problem. And I am giving you a brand new car. You are not paying a person. The car that I'm giving you is already registered in your name. It's customized. The car only hears your voice. The car functions according to your specs. Every spec you desire as far as the car is concerned is what I'm going to give to you. And this car is parked in the garage. All that you need is for you to agree for me to pick this wretchedness from you. Which is this headache. And give you this car with your name on it. With your key that can open only by you. And all the features are there for you. And then you say, I don't like it. Hello. Hello. So that is what it means. Salvation is that our life is in a mess. So Christ decided that, look, I am God. Let me come down and still fix this mess. So he came down and then he decided to take this this mess. And he said, you don't worry. Don't pay anything. I don't need a personal from you. I have paid for everything. All that you needed is to say yes and pick this car away. So that now you can cruise. On the motorway, anywhere, and then you can listen to all the music you want to listen to and just jump and refresh. Isn't it good? Oh, come on, is it not good? So that is salvation. So the car position yourself as the worst car, the frustrated car, the challenging car, and then see the brand new car as your salvation, which is your redemption. So there was an exchange. Say exchange. Say exchange. The exchange is to give you a better one that your heart is desiring for and taking away the one that is frustrating you. So by Christ redeeming you and I and being saved, which is the complete restoration of our life, it simply means that everything that is not right in our life, he took it away. Tell the person he took it away. Tell the person he took it away. So anytime somebody receives Christ as his Lord and personal according to Romans chapter 10 from verse 9, that if you believe that Jesus died and was buried and resurrected and confessed to your mother, you shall be saved. That is the simple understanding of salvation. Immediately you, you pray that prayer, the sinner's prayer, and accept Christ as a Lord and instantly see that wretched car being taken away and all of a sudden you are seeing a very new car that you never paid a price for and you are just driving it away. And the good thing is that for this new car that you have, Every maintenance cost and everything is on the one that gave you that car. So it is not that you have also picked the car that you are going to fix the maintenance or you are going, all that you needed is that anytime you find a problem with it, just bring the car and then they will work on it and it's always as new as everything. Do do you see the whole process? So immediately the whole thing happened. This is how it works by redemption. So every time the car is better. It doesn't go wrong. So Corinthians, 2 Corinthians five, seventeen, said that if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. Before everything has become new. That old car is passed. Now I'm driving a new car. You can't describe me with that old car again. Now I finish the meeting. I roll my key and then I speak to the car. Wherever I'm standing, the car starts to move. He gets there. there the car. I was watching a movie and, the, and, the, and the, that is the new, is it the audio or something? I have forgotten there. The new Audi, and I was watching that movie. The guy was fighting the guys, and then he decided to leave the people in the car. And then got out of the car, and then he gave the car a command. The car was just driving, and then he was beating the people. When he finished beating them, he cleaned himself and sat in the car. He was driving. Somebody said, yeah. I said, that is the car. Amen. There are cars and there are car. Are you understanding And the kind of car that we have, which is our salvation of our newness, it's is higher than any speck you can think of in this world. Any speck. So that is the freedom He's giving us, and that freedom is not limited, it is limitless. Tell the person it is limitless. And I was telling the morning service that if you don't take that, you can abuse it because it is so limitless that you will not need to lift a finger to do anything on it, everything is sorted out. All that he needs from you is that anytime you find a problem with it, bring it, let me fix it, free of charge. Now you can imagine, I'm giving you a scenario first before I go into the scriptures very well. Then you can imagine that this car, you realize that something is not working well on the car. All that you needed is to take the car for it to be fixed. You are not paying. And then you say that, no way, I'm driving the car, I will not take it for it to be fixed over a time, that small fault will increase, isn't it? Now, as it continues increasing, it affects the other part of the car. Now, this new car, if it's nowhere maintained, will eventually ground, get grounded. Now, when the car gets grounded and it's not able to be used again, what happens to the car? It becomes a waste. So, that car needs to be towed away and needs to be what? Go towards scrub. Do you agree with me? Now, have everybody say heaven. Yes. Everybody say hell. Yes. Now, the first position is sin, which is the worst car. Now, with the worst car, Christ came to save that worst car and gave us a new car. But this time, when He gave us the new car, He said, "Listen, you have the responsibility and the freedom to use the car. All that you needed is to bring it to Me anytime there's a problem to fix it. That is confession. Whenever you sin, so the weakness or the challenge in that car." that you were driving and you found that there's a problem with it, that noise in the engine is the sin. And he said that this time, with that sin, which is the noise, anytime you find that noise, you bring it to me. Confession. Come to me. Confess your sins. And I'll instantly replace that part for you, so that your car will still be brand new as if there's no problem with it. Now, when you become stubborn, and you don't go to confess that sin, Eventually, that car begins to smoke and the car becomes a problem. Here, the car is not changed. That is where it's dangerous. Now, you don't get a new car because he has given you the responsibility to maintain the car. Because this time, you know that you are responsible enough to handle this new car, no matter what the spec is. And that you are responsible enough to know that if there is a problem with the car, you bring it for me to fix He will not force you to bring the car for him to fix. He will not chase you to bring the car to fix because that is where you have your will as your volition. So you choose when you want to take the car to the garage for servicing or when not to take it. And even if he's smoking, he can't stop you from it. He can't challenge you. That is how free you and I are. Eventually, if you don't work on the car, which is your confession every day, check the oil, change the oil, put in water. Maintain the car. Small noise, I fix it. And all that. If you don't do it and the car gets bad, which is the little sins, eventually the car is packed. When the car is packed and is carried to the scrap dealers or carried to the scrap, the scrap, the whole car will be destroyed. Are you understanding me? Now, that is what we call hell. Say hell. Say hell. So, hell is the place of scraps. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hell is the place of what? Say scrap. So anything you find that God did not create hell for you and I. Forget it. He created hell for the disobedient angels to be there. However, he made the place as scrap. So if you don't renew yourself and eventually you and I die, the only thing is that how many of you in your house, in your mansion, if you are built like a tricycle type of a house, Will you like to keep a scrap in your house? Oh, come on, talk to me. How many of you will keep your scrub in your house? How many of you will, will decide to pick all this car that is rubbish and it's is, is not going anywhere in, 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 on your compound and put it in a garage that you are keeping it there? Even those that keep relics, you know what relics? I mean, they keep, those that keep it to be able to show for generations of cars and all those things. If you look at it, those cars are as new as anything, they make sure they maintain it. They can drive it on the streets. It looks so new and it looks brand new. It is not old. That is why they keep it. But anything that is not good, they throw it away. So you are God. You have a house, which is heaven. The streets are made of gold. The building, the whole thing is good, And then a scrap comes there. Where are you going to keep the scrap? So, God does not hate us. But the thing is that when he becomes a scrap, he can't keep us in his house. So, the only dumping place he has, which is the refuse, is hell. So, he carries it into hell. Period. <laughs> so, the whole issue of salvation and sin, this is it. Look, they can give you theological, whatever. The simplest basic explanation is this. So anytime you are sinning or you make mistakes and you have challenges in your life and you don't fix it, eventually when you begin smoking, the streets of heaven cannot take smokers. cars. Even in the industrialized world, there are certain cars you can't drive them. At a certain the car is taken away isn't it Yes So in having the same thing ask somebody how serious is your fuse
2: <laughs> This message
1: continues after the break
2: From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu Get these life changing, inspirational, and spirit filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry products of His. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry product at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House, last stop, is Legon. Reach us on telephone plus 233. 277 250 or plus 233-249-39-3361 Email us revismayla at gmail.com Visit our website icgcislegon.com Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome
0: back. Do you not get a picture? I like come to scriptures. So, it's important to know that God saved us. To redeem us is to, to buy us from our distress and our worries and everything and make us better. So, if I don't want to blow fuse or to fume or to break down, everything, all that I need to do is that every time I run to the garage and say, change my oil. Because there is no way my oil will not be dirty. Do you understand it? My oil will surely be dirty, so I go for a change. I don't need to pay anything. The blood is there. All that I needed, I said, God, I came, forgive me. And he fixes me, and I walk again. And I'm a brand new person, as if I've not done anything. So why should I be so proud about my sin and keep it? So that I become a scrub. So salvation is very okay and good for you and I that every time we have the opportunity of renewing our car and making it look good because our body is the car. Do you know the car was manufactured by the manufacturer with the instinct of the mind and the body? How many of you know the ball joint that you see is the socket of a man? The engine is the brain of human being. Hmm? The axles, that turn is the neck region. That is why the front eyes cannot turn and face back. Because your neck cannot turn and face back. The veins that are in your body are the electric parts that you see in the car. Your nerve system is there as the ball joint that connects that center the car. That connect it. When the ball joint is taken away, You realize that a whole car will be driving and it looks like. So, everything of the human is there. When they were coming to do the aeroplane, they studied the movement of the eagle or the bird and measured the wings of the bird and the velocity and in terms of its sustaining power and how it's able to do it and they manufactured the plane or the flight according to that. He said, for as many as of the, so now we come here, Paul was speaking to the church emphatically for us to value and to cherish this thing called salvation. Say salvation. Say salvation. He said, for as many as of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is a written curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, the law simply, anytime you talk of law, law are code of conduct." or regulations that regulate a people and a community, isn't it? It teaches you what to do and what not to do. So, he's saying that anyone that is operating under a law, which is the code of conduct of behavior or attitude or way of doing things, is under a case. Now, the word "case" there is talking about violation or the ability of being able to break the law. And I'm saying that we can all not be careful about the law. Because sometimes even in our talking, we can err by the law. And you have, you have heard this thing that says by law that uh, 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 ignorance of the law is not what an excuse. In other words, the law can be visible and invisible. The law can be both written or verbal. Because for contract laws, even verbal is a law. Are you there with me? then there is a written contract. So what it simply means is that he's trying to say that laws are there to control our conduct and to regulate our behavior. But however, as we are working with this law which is written down and has been encoded for us to work with and to operate by, anytime we violate that law, it becomes a punishment. Say punishment. Say punishment. So the punishment is a curse once i violate it automatically i have to go through some punishment and because i broke the law it becomes a curse for me and he's saying that curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which has written in the book of the law to do them so if i don't follow the law if i don't follow the law automatically i have broken the law and if i break the law i'll be dealt with by the law do you understand it now And once I am under the law to regulate my conduct and my behavior, I must of a necessity obey that conduct and that behavior. Even if I am not in tune with it or I don't agree with it, I need to be able to obey it. If he says sleep at six o'clock, even though I am not ready to sleep by six, I should be in my room. If I'm seen outside my room after six, it's a violation of the law. I have broken the law. It's an offense. So once it's an offense, I will be charged accordingly. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's important to get the difference. And this law was what was operating. So all of us in the wretchedness of the car we were operating under this law. And he said, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. So in other words, there is no way any of us can say we are better than the law. Can you say you are better than the law? Because the constitution is supreme. Are you there with me? And everybody is under the law. And we are all confined. If you like today, open your mouth and say something that you didn't say well. Even parliament has power. They will summon you. Do you understand you know what I'm saying? You, no matter how a policeman can look young or whatever it is, you can be macho. If you like, try him. When you are arrested, your case is the state versus you. That policeman name is no more there. It is you. Are you getting it? So all these things are there. So though you have, you know what to do and sometimes you feel like I can do it anyhow, you are still limited because of what? The law. Say the law. And he said that no one can be justified by the law. To be justified is to be acquitted. To be justified is to be free. To be justified is not to be put. He said with the, as far as the law is there, nobody can say me, I am justified. Period. Have you ever seen president leave office and they are still even brought and they are jailed? Have you heard of this before? Ministers, after everything, they bring you back. So that tells you that you are not immune. In fact, now even the law of immunity is even been broken by the International Court of Justice for trial. So when they, because the law is binding as far as you are within a certain jurisdiction. So they invite you and said, come to Hague. <laughs> Once you cross the borders, that law does not work against. It's revoked. They can try you there. So the authority of extraterritorialism is broken. You don't have any right again by international law. They finished you. So you get in, and that's why some of them they will protest. I will not leave, (laughs) and they are there. So he said that no one is justified. The law keeps all of us, and he said yet the law is not of faith but (laughs) I I, I like this place before I said but that one no one is justified by law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith say the just shall live by faith now you and I don't operate by law we operate by faith say I operate by faith say I operate by faith so this is where we are getting to get the argument straight so the death of Christ the redemption of Christ on the cross gave me another law Gave me another law. And that law he gave me, that law operates by faith. So I am no more under code of conduct of behavior and attitude. Do this, don't do that. Sleep this time, don't sleep this time. Don't do this, don't do that. And anytime you take code of conduct of behaviors or rule from a society, it simply means that you have given them a freedom. Do you understand me? But that freedom also can become a chaos if the people don't have the responsibility to manage that which has been given to them. So by salvation, God took away the barriers and gave us freedom to operate without restrictions. Tell somebody I have the right to operate without restrictions. So now there are no code of conduct again. Do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Now we are moving by faith. Say faith. faith. Say faith. And that is why I'm coming to. And he said, "Yeah, the law is not of faith. Say the law is not of faith. So, Do not get a difference now before I can go on. Because I'm doing the teaching. The truth is that whilst you are saved, you are no more by code of conduct and regulations. That's why Paul says that in Galatians 2 when he was speaking, he said, Don't let anybody judge you now in what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians two, I think I'm right. Colossians two, he says. So let are you there with me now? He says. So let no one judge you. Tell someone. Let no one judge you. Tell no and person. Let no one judge you. No one judge. So so do you get it now? By the law of the faith, which we have now, by the law, everyone will judge you, isn't it? By law you are judged, but without the law, no one judges you. Why? Because you are not under law. <laughs> Tell somebody, I am not alone. Grace is a very dangerous thing. I told you in the morning. He says, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or sabbaths." Is it written there? I'm not the one putting it there and I'm explaining. And he says, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of what Christ, say the substance of Christ. And he says, let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. You don't need mediums. Intruding into those things which has not yet seen, very out by his fleshly mind and not only fast to the head from whom all the body nourishes and knit together by joint and ligament grows with the increase that is from God he's still talking about Jesus therefore if you died with Christ tell somebody if you died <laughs> from the basic principles of the world principles are laws why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations I think this is simple English. <laughs> Do not touch. Do not taste. Do not handle. Which are, which are consentings, which what? Perish with the using. Is it not it? According to the commandment and doctrines of men. Are we finished? These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion. So in a self-imposed religion, you operate by a lot of in some churches when you are late, they whip you. Oh, you have not heard it before. This is how you differentiate a church which is a cult and a church that is of God. in some churches all the beautiful ladies belong to the pastor it's a self imposed that is why some will lie down and the pastor will walk on the person, so you don't need to come and ask the pastor is he God, I don't need to tell you you should know this scripture hello that is why in some places you need certain things to be able to complete your salvation I'm not mentioning it. I want you to know. So that you don't ask, is this of God? Is this? No, no, no. In the God area of your salvation, there is nothing like regulations. Get it? Self-imposed with false humility and neglect of the body but of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. When it comes to the taste of the day, said, have you moved on? Okay. So, three "Then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. What I'm simply telling you here is that by faith, say by faith. By By the redemption work of God, say by by faith. You and I have already been justified. So, there is no law working against us. In fact, by theological terms, we have been defined as above the law. In other words, we are too responsible that we can control any law and will not violate it so we don't need anything to tell us do this or don't do this but we know what to do and what not to do and make sure that we live within the confines of the law and we don't break it so in other words what it means is that you and I as children of God we are more responsible than those that are even being regulated every day by the law so even if you leave us the believer does not break the law the believer rather is the compliance person of the law. Because, why? He is more responsible that he knows that there is no way he will break the law for you to even arrest him. Are you following what I'm saying? It is not that he's not under law. He is under law, but that he cannot break the law because he is the master controller of the law. So, he is the one, he's now the master of the law. So if he's the master of the law, he cannot break that thing that he himself has put in place. So salvation by essence, pull us from the slavery of the law and make us the master of the law. So by being a master of the law, we control the law. And if we control the law, then we don't break the law that we are set in place. So I don't need to be told what to drink and what not to drink. What to touch and what not to touch. Because why? I have the power now to know what I should touch and what I should not touch. What to drink and what not to drink. Where to go and where not to go. So Paul says that I have the right of everything. But it's not everything that is acceptable for me. So this is not a scripture of freedom. That you can drink anything. Do you not get it now? This is a scripture of responsibility. That everything that I'm doing now, I am responsible. Because I can control it. It is within my power to control it. Under the law, I have no power. Under the law, I am powerless. But by grace, which is through faith, making me the master of the law, now I have the control to control the law because I can obey. The Lord has no need to have me. So, in fact, if you really want to understand the redemption or Easter or salvation, a believer should never have a problem with the law.
1: Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Aigon. We know you've been blessed by God's Word. For more quality and practical teachings of Rev. Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastdeagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434. Or 57 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am On Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service And Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter God bless you And my Lord with you I know
0: no great